0: All right, today's Bible reading is 1 Samuel 14. Uh, we are in the time of King Saul of Israel, a combined Israel. We see that he is fighting uh, foreigners, including the Philistines, uh, which are going to be often enemies of Israel. Uh, and we see here them locked in a battle in which the Israelites are not doing very well. Jonathan and his armor bearer uh, go up. Uh, they show themselves and basically... They have a very strange. Uh, John has a very strange notion. He says um, that if the uh, enemy invites them to their camp, that it must mean that God is with them. Uh, and so we see here. You know, uh, yesterday we talked about testing of the Lord, and I think that this is a really interesting chapter that I've gone back and forth a lot on um, about really seeing the cracks now in Saul and in his character, uh, and how he incorrectly tests the Lord and Jonathan in how he, uh, correctly understands the Lord. Because what he's saying is that if God is for me, who can be against me? And that is just the spirit of God and the nature of God. Uh, I love the description of how they start to, um, defeat them. uh, Um, verse 14, and that first strike, which Jonathan, his armor bearer, made, killed about 20 men. Um, I'm reminded reminded of like Dynasty Warriors, and if you play that game, right, where like you just one swipe and then like 20 people uh, will fall. Um, And this is what Jonathan understands, that if God is for me, right, who can be against me? Um, And in a very physical sense, he understands this. Now, Saul, on the other hand, kind of understands this, but not in the correct way, because when he sees what is happening, uh, verse 18, notice what he does. He calls for the ark of the Lord to be brought to him. Why? Because for Saul, it is that object that is important. The ark is what's important. And later he's going to lose the ark because of this. Uh, and for Jonathan, he understands, no, it is not that box that is important. It is the Lord himself that is going. And now as they are fighting, right, and they are winning because of what Jonathan has done and well, actually because of what the Lord has done through Jonathan, uh, you know, I imagine that God is in there confusing everybody and even angels are fighting alongside uh, their hard pressed, uh, verse 24. And so Saul lays an oath that no one can eat until the battle uh, has been fully won. Now, this is a stupid, stupid vow, right? Because what he's saying is that all these people who are fighting for me don't get to eat and have energy because I am not yet satisfied. There's no trust in the Lord here. There's a manipulative spirit. There is a demanding spirit. Um, And then, of course, Jonathan, he eats not only because he hasn't heard it, but I think because he realizes that if they're going through a forest and there is honey literally dripping from the trees, that probably this is God providing and his eyes become bright. Um, We can see that as like a supernatural thing, but it may just be a natural thing. Look, he was hungry and now he has eaten and he has energy. Um, And so they do continue uh, to fight. And we see right away uh, the practical uh, effect of Saul's bad decision, which is the people are so hungry that they're starting to just eat meat uh, raw because they're so hungry. And he's like, okay, okay, you, you should come and we should cook it before the Lord. That's good. But I think very telling is verse 35, that this is the first altar that he builds to the Lord. He's been king for a while. He's been fighting for a while. How is this the first altar you built out of necessity, right? Because of the sin, that the screw up that you have. Uh, And then finally, right, he goes down, right, uh, and he fights, but he gets no answer. And he's wondering why he gets no answer. And they eventually cast lots about whether it's him or the people. And I'm going to assume that Saul probably thinks it's the people's fault. Uh, And then when the lot falls on him and then it falls on Jonathan, he's like, Jonathan, what did you do? And Jonathan's like, yo, I ate some honey. And he's like, dude, you broke my vow. Uh, I guess you're going to (laughs) die. And it's actually the people then that are like, wait a second, no, God is not uh, condemning Jonathan for breaking Saul's vow. I think of anything that this is a revelation, right. Of the rashness of Saul's vow. Um, and so Jonathan does not die because they understand um, people understand, right. The, or are starting to understand the real character of God and what that means. And in this, right. Saul continues to have victory, um, but we notice again that it's not always because he is with the Lord, the very last verse of the chapter 52. And when Saul saw any strong or any valiant man, he attached him to himself. That Saul is really continuing to test God in saying, will God give me what I want? Will God give me um, the things that I want, the way that I want? And Jonathan, on the other hand, right, is saying, "No, I think I know the Lord, and the Lord will lead me and guide me, and to you know, soon be to the point where uh, Jonathan will actually forsake his own inheritance because he understands that the favor of the Lord is upon." David. Now, uh, again, as we think about uh, a really complicated chapter like this, I think, you know, we should think about how we live in the light of the gospel, in our families, in our um, marriages, in our uh, workplaces, how we live within our church are we really seeking the character the will of god to lead us and to guide us or are we making rash vows and trying to do things ourselves because we misunderstand what god's will really is um and this is hard this is something that we have to discuss together uh but it is important because you know as i've heard many times right are we asking for god to bless what we are doing or are we asking to do what god is blessing